Hey, Soren. How are you doing? Hi, everybody else. Soren just walked by. He looks really happy. I like your jacket. I like everything about what you're doing. So if you will just work your way towards the middle. We've been dissembled around the room at stations that were really, really thoughtfully curated. And we are wrapping up tonight week six, which, yeah, in our new six-week rhythm is the final week on time and revelation and sort of wrapping up and reflecting. And if you were here, I think the stations already have us moving in that direction, including a lovely block Babylon over there that was really something beautiful to behold. And now it's something ready to start over. So, um, to call us in tonight, we have Mary Oliver and Fred Rogers, which is quite a pair. The world I live in, I've refused to live locked in the orderly house of reasons and proofs. The world I live in and believe in is wider than that, and anyway, what's wrong with maybe? You wouldn't believe what once or twice I've seen. I'll just tell you this, only if there are angels in your head will you ever possibly see one. And Mr. Rogers, I think that the need to create has to do with a gap A gap between what is and what might be, or what you'd like to be. I think that the need to create is the need to bridge that gap, and I do believe it's a universal need. Unless there's somebody out there who feels that what is is also what might be. And so, we've got these two very soulful, wise people encouraging us to think about something that's beyond orderly proof, and something that we might believe in and imagine differently that would help us to close a gap that we feel in each of us universally. And yeah, that's pretty much where Revelation leaves us, and that's where we're going to center ourselves tonight, gathering in some source material that we've been traveling alongside these last few weeks, and spending some time in reflection and conversation, as we always do. So with that, uh, greetings and announcements and things like that. Announcements. Next week, we're going to begin Advent. Molly, what would you want to say? Next week. Um, So Advent, the Sunday after Thanksgiving, always feels a little abrupt, right? Um, But I would really encourage you to come next week. If you, because next week, the second half, the first half, we're eating a fabulous meal that the meals team is putting together. Um, And during the second half, um, a portion of the second half, we will be creating... Advent wreaths again this year, and so all of the supplies will be here for you. There will be one Advent wreath per family, um, and tomorrow I'm going to send an email out if you will be here, just so the folks who are getting the greenery at Trosap get enough. Um, so yeah, it'll be a really meaningful season um, in this Advent as well. We are still doing homilies. We're actually hearing from different um, Folks within our community are going to Julia Riley, Brett Fox, and Zach Hutchinson. They're going to offer um, a different homily for each week of Advent after the first one. So that'll be meaningful. But yeah, next week, Advent Reads, please come. I bought a lot of free forms. <laughs> And that'll be our kickoff next week. This is going to be, yeah, at the forum every week if you've been around a long time. Yeah, there'll be something a little different. Um, homilies to give us different voices, but also to give us time to do some different things together. And so, yeah, we're still working on what the first half looks like, but we've got some good ideas. There is, seems like we're moving downhill toward an E-Way Advent pageant on December 22nd that could be very interesting. So, yeah, just a lot of things. Uh, yeah, this Advent. But if there's, I'm going to leave a space for another announcement that's going on in this busy time of year. If you've come up with something else, yes, Phil. I feel it's been a while since we've mentioned that actually Amaze Way does like to run on your contributions. <laughs> that that pays for the salary of all the folks up front here. So just a reminder that there's a metal pole in the back. Decide what color it is. Um, or we will take online donations or mail donations and 
consume text donations. Mm. Preview for text donations. Thank you, Phil. Uh, and Adam, I thought we've been, sh- we've been singing this uh, When the Ship Comes In, two verses thereof throughout. And I said to Adam, I mean, really, if we're culminating the series, why wouldn't we just sing it all together? And so I'm going to say before Adam gets started that this is really a rousing song, but it's only rousing if you rouse it. <laughs> so this is your chance. You can't pretend you don't know it at this point. I've seen all of you here. And Adam's going to try and lead us in a rousing rendition. I will say that you like it. When Ben and I were talking about doing it, and I was like, yeah, I'll strum it and I'll play it, and why not? He was like, well, a few years ago, like, Lil and Home really did this version that just, like, really blew it out of the water. <laughs> <laughs> and he just stopped, so... Uh, that hasn't been living in my conscience, as I've thought about tonight. <laughs> Oh, the time will come up when the winds will stop And the breeze will cease to be breathing Like the stillness in the wind before the hurricane begins The hour that the ship comes in And the seas will split and the ships will hit And the sands on the shoreline will be shaking And the tide will sound and the wind will pound And the morning will be breaking Oh, the fishes will laugh as they swim out of the path And the seagulls will be a-smiling And the rocks on the sand will proudly stand The hour that the ship comes in And the words that I use Or to get the ship confused Will not be understood as they're spoken For the chains of the sea Will I be busted in the night And will be buried at the bottom of the ocean And a song will lift as the mainsail shifts And the boat drifts on to the shoreline And the sun will respect every face on the deck The hour that the ship comes in Then the sands will roll out a carpet of gold For your weary toes to be a touching And the ship's wise men will remind you once again That the whole wide world is watching Oh, the foes will rise with the sleep still in their eyes And they'll jerk from their beds and they're dreaming But they'll pinch themselves and squeal and know that it's for real The hour that the ship comes in Then they'll raise their hands and we'll meet all your demands And we'll shout from the bow, your days are numbered And like Pharaoh's tribe, they'll be drowned in the tide like a lion, they'll be conquered. Our kids at this time are going to head upstairs as they finish, I think this is your last week on Moses, learning about the Exodus saga and the story of Moses. Um, and we are going to continue to pray in the way that we have throughout this series where we will name um, what we have seen break in or what we hope will for will break in um, it might be a prayer of thanksgiving or a vision and a deep hope for the inbreaking of love and justice that can upend empires, and that can dry every tear, where mourning will be no more, and crying will be no more. Um, But yeah, and I'm also not gonna use the mic, because I think a lot of people maybe started meditating on Turkey early, and I know a lot of people are sick, but I think that you all can hear me without a mic, right? 
just feels a little silly to use a mic. Okay. Um, so, yeah, we're just going to have a time of prayer, and after each person offers a prayer, we will communally together say, we watch, we wait, we hope, and then at the end, I will lead us um, in a time for us to close out our time of praying together. Um, but let us pray. Gracious God, for mercy when there shouldn't be any, for a heartbeat where there should be none, we give thanks. We watch, we wait, God, for feeling like Durham Can is finally making some inroads with Duke, which feels like a very large empire in this city. For a VP that finally is saying she realizes that Duke needs a relationship with the people of Durham, we give thanks and we hope and are imagining for what might come of this. So we try to make Durham a more equitable city. We watch, we wait, we hope. Holy One, whose coming we await, you invite us into the light of your presence. Illumine the depths of our hearts. We are thirsty for your compassion. Draw near to us and fill us. That we may not pour out your love, that we may pour out your love to all who hunger. Amen. We aren't passing the peace just yet. Um, so tonight it is our last week in Revelation. Some of you might be ecstatic that we are finished talking about this text, um, but I hope for many of you, um, if not all of us, that the past six weeks, we've been able to create some space to think what might be if empire, in the words of Walter Brueggemann, weren't the only thing that held our imagination. What might be if a rapture orientation of this text were not the only thing that we thought of when we came to it? What might be if we could imagine and stretch our imaginations in such a way that we actually see the breaking in of a new heaven and a new earth and not only see it, but want to go and be about it and help usher in an even fuller new heaven and a new earth alongside a God who has and is and will be and who dwells with us even now? What does it mean to imagine differently, and to actually think that our imagining and our living could change the world as it is. We thought that we could do a dialogue, which is always lovely, 
but we also kind of a staff for talking and think that sometimes the hardest part of imagining is getting out of the theoretical and getting out of our mind and actually start starting to like allow our minds to expand and creatively think how some of our thinking might just stay may not just may not stay theoretical but like turn to action and practice. We say, right, we're a community of praxis. So what does it mean to practice out of a vivid, stretched imagination that is playful, that isn't afraid to make mistakes, that recognizes the empires that still stand, but also sees, right, like building blocks that were torn down by children saying, no, 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 this is actually isn't the world that I want to be a part of. And so tonight, after we pass the piece, we're going to bring in our three adult offerings from this series to sort of help us begin to stretch our imagination. And we have a video clip from First Reform. Adam will share some out of his offering around apocalyptic literature and play. And then I will lead us in a mindful meditation um, to hopefully get us to start stretching our imaginations. After that, there will be a time for some individual reflection. We even have paper and pens because I know not all of us are like thinking on the spot, right? And what we're asking, what we're hoping to do individually and collectively, probably takes some space for us to think or draw. And then after that, we will come together and share and respond with one question. What one way, after this series, after you living in the world and being just an embodied human in it, who believes and hopes in a new heaven and a new earth, what one way can you imagine living into a new heaven and a new earth in the coming days. You don't have to have the entire answer or it all figured out. Just what's one way that individually, collectively, we might, as Revelation 22 reminds us, be blessed for we have kept the words of the prophecy that was written in this scroll, a prophecy that smashed empire a prophecy of hope, a prophecy that, that reminds us again and again in some startling ways, yes, that what is is not what has to be, and that there is a God dwelling with us, inviting us to imagine differently, and that that's that's the invitation. So that's what we're going to be about tonight. Um, if you came in the first hour, you got like a really great taste of imagining and thinking differently. I would encourage you as you pass the piece, um, if you want briefly to like play with the trash and turn it into something beautiful or do a quick blackout poem or read some statistics of people that are really living in apocalyptic times now, you may. Um, but yeah, we're looking forward to wrapping up our conversation. We're really just transitioning this conversation into the next um, phase for our community. But we will pass the piece of Christ to one another. I think Gail brought some oranges that are in the back. Um, the piece of Christ be with you. And we'll come back in just a few moments to get started. Uh, over the course of three weeks, the questions we were asking ourselves in our conversation, uh, and anybody who participated, please feel free to jump in and redirect. The first week we were asking ourselves how people without power, who are engaging in political struggle, how they're using apocalyptic language and, and framing of the world to energize their struggle 
against, largely against global capitalism stemming from American imperial military power. And we learned and admired their witness. The next week we looked at, or the, the next meeting we looked at, how uh, apocalyptic language can fund American military efforts and fund American funded global capitalist efforts. And so we learned from that and lamented. And in the third week, we asked ourselves, what do we do in the middle? Where uh, none of us are engaged in armed resistance against the forces of capitalism. Uh, at least nobody shared that they were. Um, and I'm fine if you keep that to yourself. <laughs> Tell me afterwards, I'm interested. Um, and none of us were interested in, in the use of apocalyptic language to, to continue funding the destruction of peoples, of uh, economies, of ecologies. And one of the humble suggestions that I thought maybe what we can do here in the middle is, uh, is maybe we could play together. Maybe we could learn how to play again. Um, Play is this interesting site where we have a chance to improvise, where we have a chance to explore and build worlds together, um, to experiment with new ways of living our life next to one another and with one another. And in those sites, maybe we can find spaces where um, capitalism doesn't feel inevitable, where American military dominance doesn't feel inevitable, that we can start to find the cracks in the narratives that we're forced to live inside of and imagine different ways together. The flip side of the play was um, maybe mischief, um, that as we're out in the world and engaging and having to interact with these structures for our survival, that we can find sites of uh, troublemaking that we can engage in, maybe, uh, and kind of punch up, as it were, to make a life a little bit more difficult for the people who benefit from these power structures in a playful and funny way. But um, so I, I had a reading from um, this book that I was really influenced by called Methodology of the Oppressed by Sheila Sandoval. Uh, but it's this really esoteric passage on Roland Barthes, and uh, the gist of it was that uh, in sites of great love, when we're engaging in the world and with one another in sites of love, what happens is that other narratives that have come to orient our lives begin to get skewed and narratives that we've used to orient ourselves in the world begin to get skewed, and we open up new possibilities for life together with one another. That's resonant with this idea of play that I'm interested in. Um, so, I was very excited about the stations tonight. I had nothing to do with them, but uh, the block building activity was really potent, uh, next to some of the conversations that we had. And the glitch activity was really, really nice. These kinds of mischief-making for these narratives that, um, yeah, that have come to dominate our lives. So I don't, know if, I don't know if anybody gets to engage in the glitch activity anymore, but um, you should find new possibilities in that narrative. It's really exciting. I was elated back there. <laughs> uh, really. Neil came back, and I was, like, gleeful. <laughs> I made Kirk Cameron like bright neon green, and it made me so excited. Because <laughs> what were you glitching for those that weren't? Oh, right. Um, uh, they tracked out a VHS and left behind the, the Kirk Cameron series <laughs> left behind. Uh, and then Neil has this very interesting like distortion pedal that uh, messes with the frequencies of the VCR. Um, you can create all sorts of new exciting images out of these and these brilliant colorscapes, and um, it's kind of a really nice example of trying to engage in the world in a playful and mischievous way to open up new possibilities. Uh, 
Clinton engaged in all three. If there's anything that I really missed, I'd be curious. But oh, I found I looked at a bunch of people's blackout poetry that they had left on the table. I mean, one of my own, but um, the myriad of different things that people did with that was fascinating and really cool. If you get a chance, just if there's any left there, look at them. Um, they're gorgeous. And um, you know, the thing about Revelation that has been really hard for me and probably for others during this time period is there's a lot of language in there that is, um, I mean, both very violent, but also very uh, misogynist, to be honest. I mean, there's a lot of talk about the great whore and people taking that and turning it around and making uh, her into an object of beauty and wonder as well as uh, other things. I saw people that was just fascinating. I loved it. The third offering um, was around mindful meditation. The thought in having a more embodied mindful meditation practice is that often through meditation, we are able to still, just kind of like the constant list or video or kind of however you think about it's constantly going in our brain of what we should be doing, where we should be, what's really going on, X, Y, and Z, um, to be in the moment and to also sort of think about perhaps past experience or future hopes. Or yeah, to just be. And somehow in creating that space, we are able, I think, to take experiences that though we haven't had, though we didn't have the specific experience that was shown in the movie, I think that that experience probably resonated pretty deeply with a lot of us. And while many of us, I think, really love and believe in play and mischief and how spaces of love, when held alongside times in life that play out like the film, it's really hard to believe that spaces of love and play and mischief actually are going to continue to bubble up and be possible. But this mindful meditation exercise, hopefully, is going to be a time where you are going to remember in your life a space where you felt awakened and liberated and free and playful and in a space of love. And I will walk you through. And you, through this meditation, are going to think about the ways that you felt and what you saw and bring them into a present day moment that might feel pretty mundane pretty overwhelming, and play with what happens when you bring what you were thinking and feeling in a time and space where you, where you felt more loved and alive than you thought possible into the mundane. So let us meditate and imagine. Get into a comfortable position. Perhaps both feet are on the floor. And begin to breathe in slowly. Inhale and exhale. And inhale and exhale. Notice your mind quieting from the noise of your internal chatter from all that has happened today. Breathe in and breathe out. Breathe in and breathe out. Now as you breathe in again, focus on a specific image of a time in your life where you felt fully loved and awakened to life, free, playful. This time might be a time from your childhood or maybe it was one that just happened yesterday. 
but let that image come into focus. What do you see? What feelings are you feeling? How is your demeanor different in this image, in this memory? How do you feel differently in that image and memory than you do now? What's most striking about the difference? I'm going to hold on to that image for about a minute. And I invite you to notice and pay attention. Enjoying that awakened, happy, fully loved place. Breathe in. Breathe out. Now, on your next breath, begin to orient yourself into a time, into a scene from your present day. Take a moment to visualize perhaps a work day, an evening with family, showing up in public space to stand against an injustice, going on a walk in nature. It can be anything. Just imagine a scene from your ordinary everyday. What do you see? What are you noticing? What are you feeling entering into this scene? How does it feel in your body? Now, your next breath. you to imagine taking something from the first scene, from your first memory, and bringing it into the present day. Perhaps it's something you saw, how you feel, the love that surrounded you. And bringing in this one thing, what might you say or do differently in the present scene now? Try that. How does your body feel? something from the first image now in the second? Do you feel lighter? More hopeful? Take time to visualize 
bringing in something from the first scene into the second. Maybe now you try to bring in something else. As you breathe in and out, hold that image in your mind. Are you able to breathe in some playfulness? Breathe in and insert some love. Breathe in possibility to where the mundane seems to overwhelm. to come back to this space, knowing that in your life you have experienced both the everydayness of life and deep liberation and love and playfulness. What might it look like to combine the two a bit more? Breathe in and breathe out. Breathe in and breathe out. Whenever you're ready, you can open your eyes. So we're now going to take a few moments to, if you want to just sort of reflect as we're stretching our imaginations on the question printed in the bulletin. Or you can just spend this time reflecting on anything that you've imagined or imagining what's opened up for you. The question is, what's one way can you imagine living into a new heaven and a new earth in the coming So how might you, out of this Revelation series, out of being a people captivated by the gospel, wake up your imagination, wake up our collective imagination once again? What's one way, what one way can you imagine living into a new heaven and a new earth in the coming days? Well, your meditation really um, made me feel free and warm and joyous and happy. And um, I feel like in my imagination now I can picture living unafraid into the future that I know I love and that just that I have the new kingdom in my heart. It's inside of me doesn't exist yet outside mm-hmm. of me. Um, so I couldn't have imagined that before. Thanks, Gil. Thanks for sharing. Others. How has your imagination been woken up? What one way can you imagine living into a new heaven and a new earth in the coming days? Molly, um, I feel like God's beauty is all around us all the time. And so, um, you know, I just don't see it mm-hmm. all the time. Yeah. And so one of the things I was thinking about when, while we are doing meditation, so thank you for that. That was great. Um, I mean, it implies a lot of things. One instance that I thought of was just like with my kids. So like instead of approaching an interaction with them with all the distractions and the worries and the plans, I'm thinking about doing 10 other things. Just like focusing on them, um, as long as they're not like yelling at me. Then I want to focus on something. But anyway, but uh, you know, when I'm just interacting with them in a normal situation, it's that's just beautiful. But I just miss it a lot of times. And so my 
I guess what I thought about was that I just miss it a lot and I want to mm -hmm. pay attention more to the moments yeah. that, are, that are already there. Thanks, Dave. I think I often think that like things like a left behind video, right? Like it's like a physical thing that like there's no way in heck that something like that could be redeemed. But somehow you're like, it really felt like I was redeeming something that has caused so much pain and trauma to so many and has opened me up to, I think sometimes perhaps the cynic in me or just so, I don't know, I protect myself for sort of certain things, have some protection. I think, well, some things are just already too far gone. Like a left behind VHS that like from the 90s, you know? And yet tonight, there was some redemption there because it was like, no, 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 that's not actually the story. That doesn't have to be the final thing. And just being open and present to not so quickly thinking like, stuff is beyond redemption or just mischievous, you know, play. Yeah, so thanks for bringing that. One or two more. Yeah, it's a, it's a constant struggle, I think. Mm -hmm. uh, for me, like right now. Um, and the, there's, a, there's a part of not yet that's still coming. Mm -hmm. And so it's okay to struggle and be patient and not have it all right yet. Mm -hmm. But the criticisms that I hear um, just kind of set those aside and know that I'm doing the best I can, like all the other saints have done through history, and that um, the new heaven and the new earth is coming, and what I'm doing now to infuse joy into what I see, you know. Others see it as a very desperate situation, mm -hmm. a very bad situation, but I mean, it seems okay to me. It's not hurting me personally right now, mm -hmm. but I can see how it's hurt others. Mm -hmm. And so I just pray for continued patience and guidance for myself and for others mm -hmm. to. Uh, try to bring some joy in and, and wait. Mm -hmm. and like we say, I, we, we watch. We wait. We wait. Mm -hmm. Thanks, Jeff. One more. So mine's not really profound, but um, Thanksgiving is coming up. Yes. I don't know if y'all have it. I'm getting the recipes too. The in-laws are coming. Oh, yeah. And my sister-in-law and I particularly I don't feel like we accept each other. Mm -hmm. And um, I was just talking to Neil, I've been on a retreat. And a lot of it was like realizing I don't accept myself. Mm -hmm. And so just the, the imagination of what would it be like to accept Corey. Yeah. And what would it be like to accept Susan too? We'll get there later. <laughs> <laughs> but it was, I finally watched the um, Mr. Rogers documentary on Friday night. Took me two years, I think, but finally watched it. And um, and then and I was thinking about this series, and I was thinking about our children. I was thinking about us as adults. And and how might our living be different if we, like our children, knew that we were loved just for who we are then that makes all the difference. And how might that just sort of inflect and give space for how we can imagine and work toward and be about love for all. Um, yeah, I don't know. And then I thought like maybe part of this imagination, maybe we should do this as a community. Maybe it should be an adult offering. Is that really I think we adults like probably just need to watch Mr. Rogers.
I don't want to do a sermon on Mr. Rogers, but I do think maybe <laughs> we should, I don't know, watch Mr. Rogers. I do hope that we'll continue to think about and enact ways to imagine and to live differently out of Revelation. Um, for new heaven and new earth is already breaking in and we are being invited to come and be a part. We just have to stretch our imaginations and wake up. So, with that, Adam. Stay out super late tonight Picking apples, making pies Put a little something in our lemonade And take it with us, we're half awake In a fake empire We're half awake In a fake empire And tiptoe through our shiny city With our diamond slippers on do our gay ballet on ice Bluebirds on our shoulders We're half awake In a fake empire We're half awake In a fake empire Turn the light out Say goodnight No thinking for a little while Let's not try to figure out everything at once. And it's hard to keep track of you falling through the sky. We're half awake in a fake empire. We're half awake in a fake empire. We're half awake fake empire We're half awake in a fake I'm still 
hold on to your old ways or put off, put off every old face. And I know, I know you are changed now. And I hope, I hope you're arranged out. But I'm still asleep. You woke me up again. And I'm still asleep. You woke me up to be holy. I think we've been duped into believing that in battling an empire there are two ways of engagement. And one is forever wide-eyed, awake, ferocious, battling, destroying resisting, and the other one's just numb, asleep, half awake, useless. I think it's probably more like waking up, and waking up again, and waking up again, and again, and again, and as many times as it takes. In spaces of great love, the narratives that convene us, that convene our lives, Adam tells us, are shifted, are blurred, are reopened. I know you're tired out, and there is joy. I know the old ways are holding us fast, and we can right here tonight put off every old face, it is not so hard as we think, it's just waking up. We were asleep, and he woke us up again to say one more time, this is my body, my blood, that you might live awake, alive, whole, full, and come back and awake again and again and again to God, to each other, to something that would turn off all old ways and set us out from this space tonight, newly awake and ready to wake up again and again and again. That's the table I invite you to tonight. Pour wine and juice, break bread and a cracker for each other, saying the love and light of Christ here among us, waking us up this evening. You're welcome to the table.